You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It is the Unpack Pod from AcmePackingCompany.com and SB Nation talking about your Green Bay Packers. And you know what, guys? Yeah. 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 I think I made that drop uh, when they were going to play in the Hall of Fame game and it got rained out. Anyway, glad I get to use that drop again because the Packers... Uh, dropped their season opener to the Vikings, twenty-three to seven. I'm Zach Rapport at Zach Rapport on Twitter. Um, follow the show at the Unpack Pod on Twitter, on Instagram for no reason. And uh, Rocky start for the Packers. Rocky start for the Pod as Alex is. Um, he is in Greece, literally Rocky for him. Seeing lots of photos of rocky waterfronts and blue water, and what I'm assuming is super delicious wine. That must be nice. But we soldier on. Um, with our special guest, Justice Mosqueda. How you doing, man? Not too bad. Not too bad. Just watching a lot of film, having to deal with a lot of emotions right now of people <laughs> being like, we should do this. We should do that. And then me looking at the film and trying to figure out what what actually can be done from here. Yeah. You say not too bad. And then you say watching the film from a Packers 23-7 loss where they looked like garbage. Could be worse. I mean, could be worse. That's true. That's true. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, it's we're, we're it's a little different this year on our show because it's it's Wednesday evening basically as we are recording this. So it used to be Tuesday. So some more time has passed. I don't know. Everyone is there's there's a lot of takes flying at this point. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna try to stick to the same format and and we'll see how it goes. Um, and we start with note nugs, um, as we always do. Hashtag note nugs, notable nuggets. Tweet at us after every game at the Unpack Pod with your note nugs. Um, I actually wanted to start because it's the uh, the first week of the season. Start with some some quick nugs from around the league uh, before we get into the Packers game because it's always an exciting time. This sort of lead up, and then the first week happens, and we all watch a little bit too much football, kind of like like eating too much cake or too much pizza or something, and. And then there's the fallout the week after that. So uh, quick note nugs from uh, from around the league before getting into this uh, garbage fest of a Packers game. Uh, one thing I wanted to shout out was uh, Geno Smith going full blackout mode. Justice, how about that? I love it. I love it. it that's the only thing that saved me this weekend. Uh, we were talking about betting on football games last time. Uh, we, we I was on for uh, the guy draft. Tough week one. I, te- <laughs> I teased a lot of the... Uh, what was it Jets and Cardinals? That's what really what ended up killing me. But the the Seahawks money line, I believe it. I'm Geno pilled. I'm excited. <laughs> oh yeah, 
It's uh it's it's a fun club to be a part of the Pro Gino crew. I mean, we know what the ceiling is, but it's fun. I think I guess it's just um it was sweet for me as um someone who just I can't explain why just really does not like Russell Wilson. So that's where I'm coming from. His teammates don't either, <laughs> according to uh, their Twitter timelines. So, damn. <laughs> uh, let's see other notable nuggets. I guess this one isn't football, but um, Brett Favre was in the news. <laughs> sure was. It's uh, like so he's not getting charged at least as of yet, but they definitely want him under oath, right? To to appear in Mississippi. It sounds like. Uh, they they created a grand scheme of using Mississippi's uh, welfare money to be used for Favre to show appearances for the state, and then Favre would then donate that money to uh, University of Southern Mississippi's volleyball program to build an arena. Just like, and I believe they have confirmed at least five million dollars, but it was like a thirty million dollar arena, so they don't know where the rest of the money came from as Ooh. of yet. So. Could be bigger. Could be some more O's, which is never what you want to yeah. see in a uh, fraud case. Yeah, you you preempted me there. I was going to say, you know, we've gone from like, gee, what a scumbag for a number of reasons to like, that feels like it should be a felony, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I just don't know if they're trying to go after it because the governor is involved, too, yeah. down in Mississippi. Sure, which is, why not? <laughs> goodness gracious. Mississippi's had a bad run of it. Oof. I saw uh, down in what down in Jackson, like their water isn't clean. Like it's just not clean yep. at all. Yep, that sucks. Maybe could have used the the money on that instead of a, a volleyball arena. Yep, you'd think. What a I'm gonna make a timestamp here. What a f- what a total f- what a piece of sh- yeah, pretty jerk move, pretty jerk move on Brett's part. Uh, well, we'll move on. Let smarter people dive more into that on their various platforms. Any other note nugs from around the league? The uh. I guess one other thing I wanted to call out was I watched uh, Sunday Night Football. What happened with the song? They made it worse. How did it get worse? It was already bad, and it gets worse every year. And this year, if you, I don't know what they did. They did some kind of like computer math algorithm thing to try to like, they're always trying to like have it appeal to the most amount of people. And now it's to the point where it doesn't make sense as a piece of music anymore. Like I thought I was having a stroke listening to this <laughs> intro song. I'm going to be honest. I missed it because I was recording with text. So like I was watching the game, but I was watching the game on mute. I mean, you didn't miss anything other than like, like I was like brain freeze. Like I would like my brain hurt. It was so confusing to me. Anyway, check it out. <laughs> check it out. In future I didn't weeks. see S- SNF. Was it? S- yeah, it was SNF. Collinsworth's voice. Oh yeah. He was fighting for his life. Yeah. I saw um yeah, I was all over Twitter. People were like, get my man a lozenge. What are we doing here? <laughs> Let's do some SEPA call. Yeah, he sounded like if anyone in the country had COVID, it was him at that moment. <laughs> it was a tough all right. one. Uh do you have any uh do you have any uh note nugs? Any um quick observations uh from around the league? So my observation was the Packers one, and I just want people to know this. Christian Watson could have had like 180 yards yeah. in this game. Yeah. He was open pretty consistently, especially yeah. on deep routes. And I know Rodgers in the post game and even, uh, you know, on, on Monday or what was it? Tuesday when he talked with Pat McAfee was talking about, you know, there were plenty of missed opportunities on his end. Like 
it was weird because he did that thing like that started in what week 18 last year yeah or it was against the lions where he was just like yep i just don't follow progressions anymore and yep. then it happened against san francisco and then yeah. it happened again and it's like what happened in that week where you just decide like hey all these like what 38 years of football that i've played like i'm just gonna throw it to the side and just like try to eyeball and see if someone's open yeah. instead of actually reading a coverage i'm gonna fold in my, my nug here because it's it's related and, and we can talk it out and it's just that i thought aaron Rodgers looked like crap and you know i know you got rookie receivers yeah. i know you got a banged up line whatever there's no excuses man independent of all that he just looked like crap and you said you've been watching the all 22 so is that what you saw yeah i mean there's guys running open digs and he's just double clutching stuff or he's just looking completely opposite of the way i mean it's weird because he talks about, you know, in these pressers or in, in at least he talked about this with McAfee, right? Where he was like, the guys run want to run a paper offense, which is totally fine because they want the young guys want to do what's the right thing. And the right thing that they've learned is like what's on paper. But sometimes you don't get the right looks, um, what you call play for versus what the defense is throwing out there. And you need to understand like what the play is supposed to be designed to do. So then you can freelance within the framework of that, right? right? But there were things open, Aaron. There were things like that has to do with you. Yeah, It can't all be passed down to other people. So I don't know. That was tough. That kind of sucked to see. I mean, I figure he's going to get it right. Um, He's been a very good quarterback in the past. Like if anyone deserves a leash on the field, it's him. But it was a bummer to see on all 22 when you're like, dang, you took a sack and Christian Watson was wide open. Yeah, probably won't admit he was wrong on a microphone, but we'll probably get it right the next time. (laughs) Probably. That's the way. Speaking of microphone, did you see what he said about uh, Amari? Yeah. Oh, we're gonna get into haikus, we'll, right? We'll get that's into your haiku. That. Yeah, I wrote some. Uh, I wrote some Amari Rogers inspired poetry. That's a little uh, tease for you guys <laughs> on the other side of the break. <laughs> we'll get into um, some other note nugs uh, coming in from some of our listeners. Again, tweet at us at the Unpack Pod. Uh, Mark tweets in special teams, not a liability for once. Um, speaking of Amari Rogers, uh, we set our special teams face palm line at five for the season a few weeks ago. Um, and did we escape week one with no face palms? Though, yeah, but the pump protection was close yeah. a couple times. Yeah. Um, and I think that's going to be the hands were getting close to the face. We were like, "Am I going to have to shove yeah. my palms into my eyeballs?" But almost, they didn't have to kick a almost. field goal, which <laughs> is kind of a question mark still, right? They did one one extra point. I think they look good on the coverage teams, which was nice to see. Um, that was that was honestly my big worry from the preseason. You looked at the kickoff teams and stuff, but now that they have like their quote unquote starting special teams units out there, they look yeah. solid. Yeah. Punt protection will be interesting this week. So left to right, they usually go Tipa and then the three inside linebackers that aren't Devondre Campbell. So it'd be like Tipa, uh, Chris Barnes, Isaiah McDuffie, and then uh, Quay Walker. Right. Barnes is IR. Barnes is on IR. Quay was a full participant in practice today, which is nice to see. Um, I'd assume that based off of how the roster is shaken out, um, one of one of my dudes, I didn't actually end up drafting him, but one of my dudes, uh, Ray Wilborn, is probably going to get the call up from the practice squad so that he can play as one of the punt protection guys. Look out for Wilborn. He's not an official guy. He's not your guy, but he's your dude. Not official guy. He's my dude. Yeah, he's he's my dude, not my guy. <laughs> Important distinction there, folks. Devondre did come in though yeah. after uh, Quay went down. Quay went down. Devondre Campbell out there immediately as a uh, right tackle. They had uh, 
that left wing that you know Tyler Lancaster allowed the uh, punt or kick block on against the San Francisco 49ers last year. He was then he was he's now replaced obviously because he's not on the team, but they have an offensive lineman there. Um, not surprising to me that they picked up another offensive lineman. Now they got eleven on the roster. Yeah, they can play all those guys on on the kick protection team, and then uh, they had a defense stay call where even guys like Kenny Clark and Jair Alexander were out there on a uh, punt return. So. Yeah, Versace said he's going to use them. Yeah, so with injuries happening and Campbell going in there, that's definitely a um, a difference from years past. It'd be like Abernathy, get in there, like Red Batty, yeah. come on, suit up. Well, Henry Black, who was like, he looked like he was 190 pounds soaking wet. He was their uh, uh, personal protector on punt team for basically all of last year. You know, I mean, they really weren't valuing these type of spots, and now they have guys like Levitt back there, who's. Yeah. You know, pretty big for a safety. Yeah. Uh, one other note nug coming in from the listeners on Twitter. The philosophical soldier asks, "What kind of defense was that?" So let's let's unpack this because I know that you and Tex have talked about it a little bit. Uh, but listening to to the repack, we didn't yet have um, some of those statements over the last few days from guys like Matt Lafleur, um, really doubling down on the defensive approach that they took in this game, which was uh, largely zone, which as far as I can tell, allowed the Vikings to kind of like choose who they wanted to cover Jefferson on any play, which <laughs> feels like a, a boon for them. Yeah. So Jair did line up against Jefferson a couple of times. Um, often he would basically run away from his zone into a different zone. Right. But the reason you play, I mean, Guys like, uh, so let's talk about two big plays, okay? So th this kind of tells the story of the Jefferson thing because there were a couple of them where it's like he's running an out route, he catches it for five yards, whatever, right? The two big ones that people think of are the deep post shot down the middle. That was the one where Adrian, that was between Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage. Um, he runs a post to Savage's side. They're in quarters coverage. It basically, you know, quarters kind of turns into a man, um, it's just basically like I wait until you sort your routes combinations out and then I figure out who's who's my man. Right. So he takes an outside jab that sends uh, Savage spinning, which not the greatest rep, but I can understand why you would buy it on a first cut from Justin Jefferson. That guy's really, really fast and you probably want to stop that route. The problem was Savage just like completely lost sight of where he was, what was going on in the play. It was a weird play. Kirk Cousins faked play action and either he or the running back opened up the wrong way. <laughs> right. And then he had to immediately step up in the pocket. If you actually watch that play, Justin Jefferson stops running yeah, because it looks, he thinks, you know, the play is done. Like if the ball was going to be out, it'd be out by then he has to then speed back up to catch it. And the only reason that, that he was able to do that was because he was able to shake Savage out of his boots. And then Amos was just lost. But yeah. in theory, that's quarters coverage. You're supposed to have that bracketed by two safeties. So you can't really, and I know people say, like, coaches got to get the guys ready to play. It's quarters coverage. They've probably been doing this since high school, Yeah, to be honest. Yeah. So it's not like they didn't play it last year. They didn't play it last year well. Like, they did play it last year well. They played it in college. They probably played it in high school. Like, something that they should be used to now. And then the second play was um, the touch, the long touchdown Jefferson had, right, where he was just butt naked, wide open. Um, they run a post with uh, – Dang, I'm spacing on his name. KJ uh, Osborne. Osborne, yeah. They run a post with KJ Osborne to take Eric Stokes out of it. Um, it's a cover three defense. What ends up happening is they run two crossers across each other. 
Jair Alexander and Russell Douglas are basically supposed to take the crossers vertical. And then once they see they're going to cross paths, just pass them off to each other. Right. Well, Jair passes him off to a Douglas. Douglas sticks on his guy. Now you got two on one and zero on one on the other one. The, uh, the wide open guys, Justin Jefferson catches it, runs it up the sideline. I mean, that's basic cover three. And I kind of understand that one a little bit more because I know Douglas up until this point hasn't really played in the slot like he was an outside guy for us last year with Channon playing in the slot and stuff like that so that might be a look where it's like the Packers don't really run crossers so like maybe that's something like their scout team didn't give him a good enough look or they didn't rep it enough or he didn't think that he was ever going to get a switch with a post on the outside so that like he thought maybe you know hey I'm going to pass it off to Eric Stokes but Eric Stokes was gone and they need to have a call for that so that one makes a little bit more sense to me but they're pretty basic coverages, and on those two plays, they ran the coverages that stopped those plays, which is the most frustrating part. Yeah. Yeah, just another mysterious Packers week one where they just come out not just flat, but looking kind of like they don't know what they're doing. Really quickly, um, in light of all that, want to get a quick Joe Barry vibe check from you because last year after one or two games, the vibes were low from Packers fans on Joe Barry. And then it was a slow trickle of apologies throughout the rest of the season <laughs> as the defense heated up. And then three quarters into game one, it is fire Joe Barry on Twitter all over again. Where are you on that bandwagon? I'm team keep Joe Barry. He called the right plays. Yeah. He literally called the right plays. Yeah. I, I know they had those mess ups and then, the miscommunication at the goal line, which it's going to happen. Those plays happen really fast. We've been on the benefiting side of that with a bunch of Devontae Adams catches. Who, who are we to complain about those type of motions and stuff like that? So, no, I'm Team Joe Barry. Thought it was funny. Everyone is like, let's run a man defense and just like be one play away from giving up a touchdown at any point in a get ball game. And I'm like, we just fired Petten. Yeah. We just like rotate like each one, like every other game. It's just like fire Petten. Fireberry, fire patent, fireberry. Let's go back to the other thing. Yeah. So let the let the Vikings fans have week one. Let them make their week one their champions banner. Yeah, exactly. There's uh one more vibe check and then we'll we'll go to break and read some poetry. Um uh, is this another year where the Vikings lure everyone into believing in them and that they can score on anyone just to be disappointed down the stretch? What's your Vikings vibe check? I kind of think so. I don't think their secondary is any good. So I think it's going to be hard for them to like get to the NFC championship or anything like that. Yeah. That pass rush is a force. Pass I mean, rush Danelle is a Hunter force. The, the Packers Ooh. are going to have to play Jefferson again. <laughs> so that offensive line's a lot better than it has been in the past. Too. Yeah. That's the other thing I'll say. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, we're going to take it to break. We'll come back and uh, do a little news and haikus. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, for the first time in the 2022 season, we are going past the beaded curtain. A little, little uh, 
indoor fountain in the corner, some lotions that you can purchase on the wall, <laughs> a menu of various massage treatments. Um, and let's read some poetry. I'll go first. It's not too relaxing, though. We teased it earlier. Return man again. Taking up a roster spot. Please, make it make sense. Justice, of course, uh, I am talking about Amari Rogers and um, his usage and uh, really lack thereof, actually, with I, I believe it was a grand total of zero offensive snaps. Why is he zero. on this team? <laughs> what, what are we doing here, folks? He's a returner. It's what Rogers said. Rogers said uh, they asked they asked him about Amari Rogers fit in the offense. He said, yeah, he's returning for us now. That's all I got. <laughs> That's all I got, folks. I mean, we said it in in the the roster construction is really interesting, right? Because there were a couple of surprises, I thought. Um, and the surprises were like the seventh round picks sticking on the all roster sticking. and stuff. Yep. You look at the inactives, the inactives last week, it was all the rookie seventh round picks and injured Alan Lazard and then Shamar John Charles just because they had too many DBs. Um, they called up Juwan Winfrey before they let... Uh, Either Amari play an offensive snap or Samari Toure being on the active roster. So or the game day roster. So I don't know. It feels like uh the front office is making their 53, but the coaching staff is playing their players, which is probably how this should work. But um, Amari's role is if Amari wasn't gonna get carries in a game where they only had two running backs, I don't know if he's gonna get carries. And then if he doesn't get carries, how many injuries at wide receiver? COVID outs do you need for him to get on the field? I don't know. It might yeah. be like three or four. I just, if you're going to reserve a roster spot for someone who's just returning, they should probably be good at it. <laughs> like, I'm not, I am not a he smart wasn't, He man, wasn't terrible in this game, but he yeah, wasn't no, terrible, I, but is I he agree. worthy of a whole spot? Come on, man. I think it's just, they want to keep that contract on the books. I mean, I, I really do think that like this Packers team, I mean, I know that on paper they have like, what is it right now? Like $6 million in caps, probably less now because they just put Chris Bond on, on IR and picked up another contract on their 53. But um, they have like $6 million in cap space on the books, which is like average in the league, but they really don't have that many workarounds to kind of free up cap. I mean, that $6 million not only has to be spent on waiver pickups and like potential veteran pickups, you know, around the trade deadline, but also guys who get placed on IR and them having to elevate guys to the 53. So yeah. I think they kind of look at these contracts and they're like, I want to lock in the Amari contract two years from now. I want to lock in the Samari Toure contract two years from now. The Jonathan Ford contract two years from now. Tariq Carpenter contract two years from now. Yeah, It's not necessarily about this year's team, which is kind of tough to hear when you've won, what, 39 games in the last three seasons. But yeah. they're still looking forward, even though they have Aaron Rodgers. So if that if that is true, then that's like the the team on the on the so the the front office side of things is they're they're making a financial decision to keep a subpar player and then you have someone like Aaron Rodgers who's very invested in having the best possible team right now to win now at a microphone being like I don't know it is what it is <laughs> he's catching punts yep. <laughs> yep cool vibes cool vibes guys i mean even even last year right like the Arizona game um, when all those guys were out with uh, COVID and injury and stuff like that, and those guys had to, you know, actually like 
not even just play, but start games, right? Like yeah. Equinamia St. Brown was out there too. Um, Winfrey was out snapping Amari Rogers. Yep. So oh, this I shouldn't remember. have been surprising. And the fact that, I mean, yeah, Winfrey is on a practice squad. He cleared through waivers and the team thinks that he's a better wide receiver than Amari. Yeah. I mean, what do I guess? I guess that you already answered my question because it's if it's a financial rem- maneuver, I just I'm like every once in a while you see a fleeting moment of him with the ball in his hands, Amari Rogers, and you're like, OK, NFL player like I kind of get it. But then it's like, does he is he just a terrible receiver? Does he not know the playbook? Does he not know where to be? Does everyone hate him? Does he smell bad? Like, what's the deal? <laughs> well, part of it, too, is he's a smaller guy, yeah. which doesn't really fit in the yeah. offense. Right. If there was and no then, Randall Cobb on this team, would he be getting offensive yeah, reps? I think I think that would make more sense yeah. if there was no Randall Cobb. But until Randall goes down for some reason, yeah, I don't think this is going to happen. And Randall got a ton of snaps this past week. I know everyone's talking about how Watson and, and Dobbs basically, you know, split uh, snaps down the middle. So did Randall Cobb. Yep. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, Lazard practice today. Who knows if he's going to actually suit up in the game? I probably lean no as of right now, Wednesday, 3.30 uh, p.m. But if if he does play, I, I wonder if, you know, Cobb ends up out-snapping some of those other guys. It'll yeah. be interesting to see. Yeah. Ed, Amari, I'm not trying to come down too hard on you. I, you probably smell like an acceptable adult human, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Justice, do you, do you have a poem for us? I do. And we did touch on it a little bit already. <laughs> don't fire Joe Barry. <laughs> they can't pass coverages. Let's get better soon. <laughs> Just get better soon. <laughs> yeah. Let's get better soon. I know you guys can do it. I know you guys have played cover four. I know you guys have played cover three. You've done it all your lives at this point, basically. At least half of your lives. You guys can do it. I promise. All right. We're calling this uh, episode the case for Joe Barry, I guess. <laughs> oh, man. Um any other uh, injury news or other nuggets uh, that we learned about today that we think people should know about? I saw that uh, Lazard was practicing. Lazard's practicing. Bakhtiari's practicing. He didn't practice on Friday. Lazard didn't practice all week. Um, Jenkins is practicing. They wouldn't say all those guys were listed as limited. They wouldn't say if they were working in team um, from Lafleur's standpoint. But uh, I guess Lazard said that he was doing some team reps to the uh, press corps, uh, you know, at his locker after practice. Um, the good news is Quay Walker, no longer injured. Um, Keyshawn Nixon, another guy who went down with a shoulder injury like Quay, uh, no longer injured. Chris Barnes got put on IR, but they said it was a high ankle sprain with some sort of a calf issue, which is just about as like high ankle sprains definitely are worse than they sound, right? Like that's a pretty painful and and long-term, uh, type of injury relative to like, I rolled my ankle or something like that. Um, so he got put on IR, but the good news is that's about as best case scenario you can get when a guy gets carted off in an air cast. Um, so I guess that's a yeah. little bit of good news. Caleb, Caleb Jones got promoted to the 53 man roster. Uh, text just ate at his dad's barbecue spot in Indianapolis <laughs> again today. It looked good. I saw a picture. Gave me gave, gave another great review of it. Says he loves it. I asked him if it came with a pillow because that looks like some nap fuel right there. I guess he asked his pops if uh, or. His pops told him that I guess Caleb is trying to get him to send a bunch of barbecue up to Green Bay uh, for his first you know, NFL game. So excited for the guy. Kind of wonder why they have 11 guys active on the offensive line um, on the 53. 
that just makes me entirely too nervous yeah. about Bakhtiari and Jenkins. And I just need those guys to come back because, you know, one of the big things that you watch with Tunyon is he's helping. So everyone worries about the right side of the offensive line. But the one part of the reason why we haven't really worried about Nyman is he's getting a lot of chip help, right? And if you can finally get five of those guys running routes out there with Bakhtiari at left tackle instead of Nyman, that would certainly be nice because it looked like Bobby was ready to run. Yeah. 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 That was a little bit of a silver lining is seeing uh, big Bob in space and be like, Oh, he looks back. We just need mm-hmm. more players. <laughs> we just need more starters yeah. on the field and we'll have ourselves a, a tight end receiver. Um, you mentioned Quay Walker really quickly. I just wanted to touch on him to my untrained eye. I thought he looked uh, pretty stout. He was in the right spot. He was making tackles. I th- I feel like you'd feel good about that for a rookie debut. What did you think of Quay Walker? For sure. Same thing. Um, first drive, he looked like a rookie a little bit. Like he wasn't exp- he uh Justin Jefferson caught an out route against him. I think it was an empty. Um, when they were in quarters, he had to expand a little bit more. And he's probably not used to the speed of an NFL wide receiver running behind him and him not having vision on the ball or on the receiver and stuff like that. So there's a little bit of rookie stuff early on, but outside of that, he looked pretty good. And again, the punt pressure stuff, I don't think it was him. Honestly, I think it was Barnes. Barnes was giving up a lot of pressure, leaky, leaky pressure on the punt coverage or on the punt uh, protection team. And be interesting to see if Wilborn does any better. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Well, before we uh, before we get out of here, I did want to give a quick uh, a quick pick'em update and a shout out to Dakota and the Super Burrito in the Pick'em League for jumping out to an uh, early tie for first place. 84 points each in the uh, the first week of a confidence pool pick'em is pretty remarkable. Justice, uh, week one is is always a crapshoot. Did you have any uh, strange or random wagers, or did you see any results um, in the degenerate space where you were just like, yeah, that's some week one stuff right there? <laughs> I saw someone did like a 20-team parlay, including college football, that was like they boosted everything to like plus 20 on the point spreads it was it was very dumb so i saw that and it was like a 20 team parlay and it only like doubled their their money <laughs> i was like how gross how gross why would you do that i did see um uh paul did you see paul no noonan oh gambling expert so so okay <laughs> so we do tally sites on on the uh on apc we include them in our like uh game threads yep right so everyone across multiple websites lots of sports media guys basically just like put in their locks into tally sites paul noonan currently third in money line he went uh 11 four and one pretty good and then in point spreads he was eighth he went 11 and five against the spread last week lawyer brain crazy got that lawyer brain (laughs) he said uh he said the last time i bet on sports i lost an emotional hedge and bet on bears packers game and then he said before that he hit on a 16 parlay on a $10 bet. And the time before that, he hit a 16 parlay on a $10 bet. Jeez. Plan on staying retired after that. <laughs> but yeah, he's got a lucky horseshoe up his butt or something. <laughs> Gambling expert, Paul Noonan. Who knew? Oh, man. What's the line on this uh, Packers-Bears game? <laughs> I think it's up to 10 now. It opened up at 9.5, I think. Wow, really? Yeah, they still do not believe the uh, Bears, especially considering I, I watched that game, man. The, the water on the field oh, is so the, clearly visible. Slide. Yeah. They said it's still grass. Yes. It looked like turf. 
the way mean, that like the water was just sitting there like it wasn't absorbing into the ground at, at all. some point and for those who who don't know um 49ers bears was like a monsoon i had heard um i had heard that basically the like the the white paint had washed off the field and so they were like superimposing black lines and everything so people could see what was going on so like a snow game yeah but it was just rain yeah i mean i actually talked to a decent amount of bears fans uh about the like move to what is it called arlington park or whatever they seem actually happy about it they seem to like actually want to get out of chicago because soldier field is such a dump which is such a bummer because like it's an iconic stadium yeah i I think think one of the biggest complaints is that although it's kind of in the middle of everything it's really hard to get to yeah, I was hearing Paul talk about that. Apparently, it's like in a, it's like in a museum district or something. So you can't like expand it out because there's a bunch of museums around it. Yeah, bummer, bummer. Arlington Heights, yeah, that that is the uh, location. Got to rebrush up on my Midwest uh, geography. My got to brush up on my names of places around Chicago where people say they're from Chicago, but they're not actually from Chicago. <laughs> That's what they were saying. There, I was like. So you guys don't care that you guys it's it's like moving out of Chicago like an hour away and they're like everyone who goes to Bears games is already like from that direction. Yeah, because they're like oh because it's really expensive and that's where the rich people who cares are. then, I guess. <laughs> it's not All like right. a baseball game, man. You want to take your family to a football game and park your car. It's gonna cost you like six hundred dollars, basically. I'm so good. I'm so good. <laughs> to watch the Bears, yeah. To you. To watch <laughs> you. And you gotta uh, watch the Bears. Oh man! All right. Um, one last thing. One uh, quick plug slash announcement uh, before we get out of here for our our Patreon account, patreon.com slash the Unpack Pod. Um, a couple people throw us a couple bucks um, because they uh, like what we do. They want to support content creators, and we really appreciate that. Um, some of you who follow me on social media may also know that uh, we lost our dog this past weekend, uh, very suddenly, very traumatically, and it totally sucked um the organization that we adopted him from is called desert paws new mexico they're great people help animals they do great work uh, working with reservations in northern new mexico and so um, i'm going to be donating most of our patreon proceeds to desert paws new mexico this season Um, until later in the year we usually do a fundraiser for memorial sloan kettering rare cancer research and i believe that we'll be doing that again this year but until then donating to Desert Paws, New Mexico. So if you've been meaning to become uh, a patron, but uh, just keep forgetting because frankly, I don't promote it enough and uh, and you're an animal lover, uh, consider becoming a patron. Uh, even just a dollar can help. Patreon.com slash the unpack pod. And with that, I am going to hit the polka bears at Packers coming up this weekend. Hopefully not during a monsoon. Uh, Packers are looking for a get right game. Vegas seems to think they will get it. Uh, keep it locked into the feed. We'll have uh, intercepted. Uh, correct, Justice? Who are you talking to this week? I'm actually going to talk to Charles McDonald of Undetermined. <laughs> Infamous Packers hater, Charles McDonald. Yeah. Is he a Packers hater or a Packers fan hater or both? I think he falls under both and also like Justin Fields apologist. So I'm excited to get in with him. I made him watch the game today. So I feel like we, uh, he and I would get along, but he just sees Packers in my bio. And so he's like, nah. Fuck this guy. <laughs> he hears enough of it from me. Is yeah, problem. exactly. He's like, I'm all full up on yeah. Packers, <laughs> Packers fans. All right, guys. Um, that's all for us. Bummer way to start the season. But hey, 
Last year it was a bummer way to start the season as well against the Saints. And uh, if you want to look for silver linings, we didn't lose by as much this year. It was a slightly better margin, I guess. All right. Football is back, and uh, we are ready to be heard again. For Justice, I'm Zach. We'll see you guys next time. Go Pack Go! With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.